This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. Inside Story on BFM 89.9. Good evening, you're with Charmila Ganesan and Lee Chuilin. Tonight, how much does money matter to you? <laughs> Sorry, basic question. Um, this is coming because Job Street Malaysia just released their 2023 salary report, which shows the industries that are enjoying the highest salaries, but also the ones that are at risk. So we'll get into the data in a bit, but we really want to hear from you. Are you happy with the salary in your industry? And if you'd known what the salary would be, would you have made a different decision? You can call double seven double three two nine hundred, tweet us at BFM Radio, send us a voice note or WhatsApp at our your mobile number 018-789-8899. This is Inside Story. is 6.08 and as we said, Job Street Malaysia has just released their 2023 salary report which analysed and compared salaries um, across industries to help companies attract the right talent um, and this was done between April 2022 and March 2023 um, and compared to the same period the year before. So as to see um, which industries had shown an increase in the amount that they were paying their staff and which had shown a drop. So to be clear, we're talking about median salaries. We're also talk- talking only about full-time job employment. And according to the survey, Malaysia's job market is stabilising median salaries across most sectors, not all, um, but most sectors, reporting no substantial changes from the previous year. Uh, while the Managing Director of Job Street Malaysia, Vic Sithasanan, also said that they recorded a 10% increase in applications over the past year, indicating perhaps that more Malaysians are on the lookout for new opportunities. Opportunities. So, um, stable's good. Of course, stable is very good, especially considering the the period that we're in, which is fresh out of the pandemic in many ways. But it's still worth looking at who, which industries are doing well and which ones not so. Um, and I don't want anyone to be disheartened, but I found some parts of it disheartening. Well, I, I was disheartened. <laughs> but then you don't work in the media for like, I don't know, 10 years without knowing what to expect. <laughs> yes. So um, computer and IT is the top growing industry. There was a 28% increase in median salary from 3750 to 4008 So that's quite large. Um, but the entertainment industry, and I think this is not a surprise, was the top industry at risk with a 27.1% decrease from, it wasn't a lot to begin with, 2950 to 2,150. If you're wondering who the highest median salary earners are, it's our insurance friends. Um, it's 5,250. So there's a lot of granular data as well. If you're interested in this, there are also um, cross-industry, like different industries are listed um, and different levels as well from executive all the way to management, middle management and so on. So there's a lot to look at. Um, but if we look at some of the more interesting things that have popped up, the top growing specialization is actually the sciences with a 1.5% increase 
in salary. Uh, not a huge jump, but I think it is interesting that it is growing. Um, but the top specialization that's at risk was accounting and finance with a 16.7% decrease from 4,500 ringgit to 3,750 ringgit. Um, and uh, yeah, it, I think that that to me seemed interesting, but I also think that it's not a surprise that the sciences are increasing. So I have... Uh I have a thing here, which is that we're, the question we're asking you today is a little bit of a time travel question, right? I, I imagine that most of the people, um, most of you are already working and therefore made this choice quite a long time ago about what it was you were going to study and what it was you were likely going to be able to do. I know I did. And I, I think this all the time whenever I on air say the word future proof. I don't say it that much in my daily life. You'll be surprised. Um, it's mostly an on air phrase. Um, but I, I think it every time I say it because I feel as if um, most of us are not in possession of a crystal ball. In other words, when we start thinking about what it is that we want to do, we're driven by a few different things, right? It might just be that um, it's what interested you at the time. It might be a lifelong passion. Uh, it might be you have a dream job. It might just be that it's practical and your parents told you that this would be a good idea. But regardless, I'm not sure how many of us go into it thinking that in 20 or 30 years or, um, you know, and when you're at the middle point of your working life, that you're going to be in a strong or dying industry. I, I don't know that that many of us go into it thinking about it in that way. And I will also say that even if we did, those of us who went into accounting, not me, but, you know, um, those of us who went into accounting might have thought that they were pretty set. Yes, and I think also um, there are some things that most people are made aware of, right? Like you're told quite early on, well, if you want to be a journalist, for instance, you're not going to be raking in the big bucks, but there will be passion and job satisfaction and you will find that you are driven by the work you do. And that's probably true for a lot of people. Um, and it's enough for a lot of people when you join the industry. But what you may not know is that perhaps 20 years from now, maybe that's not enough to sustain what you want out of your life. Um, it may not mean that you maybe would have done accounting and finance instead, but perhaps you would have made choices differently, right? Um, it is actually an interesting question to ask. And, and I, I don't know, I've been sort of noodling it around in my head myself. Uh, perhaps the reality is that nothing I desperately wanted to do back then or now um, is going to be completely different from what I'm doing right now. So maybe for me, it's not as significant, but I'm curious to know what other people think. Yeah, because, uh, for example, right, KW says, is this a good time to discuss this? I'm switching to another channel to avoid being upset for the rest of my weekend. And <laughs> I'm sorry, KW, I, I don't want to upset you. I don't want to upset anybody. But the the it's an interesting time, right, to discuss it. I think any time is a good time to talk about um, money and dreams. I think so. Um, so we do want to hear from you. Uh, we're talking about the uh, Job Street salary report that has just come out, um, which talks about which industries have uh, shown drops in what people make as well as increases. So we want to hear from you. Are you happy with the salary in your industry? And if you'd known what the salary would have would be like, would you have made a different decision? You can call double seven double three two nine hundred, send us a voice note or WhatsApp zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine. Tweet us at BFM Radio. Build fortunes modestly. BFM eighty nine point nine. 
It is just coming up to 6.16. You're listening to Inside Story with Sharmila and Lynn. And we've been asking you about, um, well, we're all friends here. Let's be honest. What do you make? Because the Job Street 2023 salary report is out. And we're asking you, are you happy with the salary in your industry? And if you'd known what the salary would be, would you have made a different decision? You can call 7733-2900, send us a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899, tweet us at BFM Radio. Let's start with a voice note that's come in. We have this from Kelly. I think the salary I'm earning now in the creative agency industry is insufficient considering the heavy workload and frequent overtime. Not sure if this is a standard rate across all creative agencies, but I had known the workload is so intensive, I may have considered other options. Kelly, thank you for that. You know, that actually, um, I think, highlights exactly what I was talking about earlier, that on paper, what you make initially may seem okay, but the realities of the job can often significantly change whether that seems enough for you. Dude, so, dude, <laughs> I was, I'm trying to remember how old I was. Um, I think I was already working. I was already working when Mad Men came out. Um, but, <laughs> but watching Mad Men would not have dissuaded me from wanting to work in advertising. Um, and the degree I studied would have allowed me to do so if I'd wanted. Um, and if you if you think about it, right, it's why the question we're asking is a little bit perverse. Because the truth is that whoever you are at 35, 45, 55 is going to be a vastly different person than when who you were at 18 when you were first making the decision. You know, to be generous, maybe 20 mm -hmm. when you're making that decision really about what field it is that you want to study. And, um, and so... I say this because there's nothing that great about what Mad Men shows about advertising, right? Like, but you, depends it, who you are. Certain people seem to have really great lives at the expense of others. <laughs> sure, <laughs> um, and but. I, I'm not going to throw my advertising brethren under the bus. I think lots of um, agencies surely do it well. Um, but I think that there's a reason why people say the term, oh, agency life for a reason. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, I, I just mean to say that age is a real thing. Age and the, the value of perspective. <laughs> Let's see, we have uh, Munif saying, in my industry, some firms are still maintaining reduced salaries with the whole affected by COVID excuse. I can bet architecture is at the lower half of that salary list, might be the lowest for professionals even. If I could turn back time, I would go back twice to reject this profession twice. Munif, I'm sorry you feel that way. Um, but I also think that um, that point about the lowest of the professional qualifications is so interesting because that's the thing you get told, right? Go go into certain professions that are recognized for uh, being that professional qualification because it guarantees financial success. No, but Munif, tell us how you really feel. <laughs> I feel like you're holding back. Um, I, I think that the... Munif, I remember having um, reading a message from you before this talking about AI and how it is that it might affect the industry. And I think that when we talk about professionals, so often um, when we discuss automation, right, the assumption is that it will come for uh, it will come for jobs that aren't necessarily at a professional level, that it might be things like manufacturing and so on. But the truth is that we are seeing already that even... No, AI doesn't care how much you paid for your degree. Um, <laughs> we are already seeing that 
even if you are very qualified and, and you studied or worked a long time, if you're not taking into account something like AI, and if your industry is something that can easily be affected by AI, then this problem, Munif, that you're describing is only going to get worse. I don't even know if I want, I'm ready to talk about AI yet and how that factors into this conversation because that's actually quite a bleak thing for many industries. Um, an anonymous listener is saying, I'm happy I'm earning higher than average in my industry, which is palm oil or renewables and at an SME. But seeing others in oil and gas uh, slash energy and at MNCs earning more and getting to enjoy more in life is a bit sad. Yeah, I think that this is how people feel about um, looking at oil and gas or looking at uh, bankers. There are just some professions where you don't need a survey, no matter how rigorously. I feel this way done. looking at my college friends who went into PR or, or corporate com. <laughs> a little it's bit It's just sad. the truth. Yeah. Um, but Anon, um, you didn't mention whether, so you said you're happy, you're earning higher than average, but I'm curious whether you're happy um, in your choice of profession as a whole and, you know, really whether money mattered. We have a voice note that has come in. This is from Roberto. Okay, I didn't choose my career based on how much am I going to earn or how much... I will earn. It was more like passion, probably. That's why I venture into um, ultimately into journalism. At the beginning, was also uh, before I joined. I did journalism. I was studying nuclear engineering, and I did that because I thought it would be the future of energy and all the stuff, and because I was good at maths and all the stuff. But then. I switched to journalism because I thought that it will be good to do something for society in a more uh, practical and uh, more rewarding way. And now I'm in the education line. I'm still in journalism, but well, different fields. Uh, but I didn't choose either boat for the earnings, I guess. Probably... I never thought about it when I choose. Um, interesting things. Thank you, Roberto. Oh, that took that was quite a journey to get where you were, but I enjoyed it. Yeah, from nuclear engineering to journalism to education is is quite a road. Um, I I think that. Okay, firstly, you could have studied nuclear engineering and also done good for the world. Whether you would have is another thing, but there is every possibility that it could have led you there. Um, I think, though, that the I didn't choose it for the earnings, I never thought about it when I chose, is a reality for me as well. I was not necessarily thinking about how much I was going to make um, and what was the upper ceiling of, of what I could make, which is perhaps the more realistic question. But I also think, um, and Roberto, I'm not sure if this is true for you. I'm really just speaking for myself. I sometimes think that that is a privileged thing to be able to do. I, I recognize that in my own life, I mean, that I didn't have to think about whether my choice of career would be able to support me. I was just confident that it could. And a part of that, I think, is because I had, um, I had a cushion, right, in, in a way that others might not. Well, in contrast, Fadzli says, I started out believing in the whole follow passion, money will come later nonsense. Now I wish I had the same mercenary mindset I do now. Would have followed the money right off the bat. Fadzli, again, I feel just like with Moon, if you're holding back, tell us how you really feel. <laughs> um, I'm glad for the honesty. I, I think this sometimes. Um, I 
Look, is it is it a surprise that journalists and people working in media don't earn a lot? Is this still a surprise to anybody? I don't think so. I mean, it's it's sort of a, I was going to say well-kept secret, but that's not true. It's an open non-secret is what it people is. People know it, right? Yeah. Um, so I... I hear you. I have gotten advice from uh, about this by people who did, in fact, follow the money and are now living quite happily um, that I should have done the same. I'm still of two minds. I, I don't necessarily believe that, but I have been told outright by people working in far higher paying industries that um, I made the wrong choice and then they point at me and laugh in a circle and then I cry into my sandwich. Okay, that also took a turn I did not expect. Um, we also have more voice notes, actually. Uh, well, some maybe a little bit less doom and gloom. This is from Claire. Currently, I'm comfortable with what I'm getting. I was previously working in an office. However, I switched to teaching. So I feel the environment here is quite good. Uh, Salary-wise, everyone everyone hopes to get higher salary, right? But um, at the moment, I think I am comfortable. Claire, thank you for such honesty. It's true that so I, I feel a little bit like you in the sense that it is the I'm currently comfortable. It's always great to have more money, though. Uh, I actually so I go back to the ceiling question, um, because I think that that is a mid career question more so than it is at the beginning or more so than it is as you're kind of working your way through things. Yes. Where it's really to do with, am I comfortable? Am I happy? Is this good? Um, and you, you take it, you know, month to month, year to year. I think at a certain point, though that you maybe start wondering or you get curious because people talk about market rate and then you wonder, okay, so there's that. Um, But then also, what is the maximum that I can ever earn in my life? What what is my maximum earning potential? And that's actually why things like the salary reports and Glassdoor and people being more transparent about... um, salary levels at different jobs, I think are actually very important because for too long, we've had this this notion that nobody should talk about salaries. We shouldn't compare. It should be something that, and perhaps on a personal level, you don't want to. But I do think that industries and companies could be more open about what they pay people and at, and at, at what level, because I think that actually helps people in terms of what choices they want to make. Oh, blessings, Sharmila. What an idealist. I, I, I think <laughs> it would be great, but... I suspect that in the short term, it is surveys like this and more, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Mm Industry-wide information that is likely to emerge and help, you know, the you's and the me's and frankly, the employers. I'm not sure that it is going to be led by companies. Well, on that note, we are going to take a quick break, but keep your thoughts coming. Are you happy with the salary in your industry? And if you'd known what the salary would be, would you have made a different decision? You can call double seven double three two nine hundred, send us a voice note or WhatsApp zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine. Tweet us at BFM Radio. Business filled minds. BFM eighty nine point nine. It is 6.38. You're listening to Inside Story with Sharmila and Lynn. And we've been talking about uh, Job Street's 2023 salary report, which compares salaries across different industries, talking about um, which has seen a rise, which has seen a drop. And uh, we've been asking you, are you happy with the salary in your industry? And if you'd known what 
you'd be making, would you have made a different decision? You can call double seven double three two nine hundred, send us a voice note or WhatsApp zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine. Tweet us at BFM Radio. So before we get to the messages, right? Um, I, I wanted to ask as well um, to the second question that we're, we're actually posing, which is, would you have made a different decision? Um, if you'd like to share why you landed on this decision in the first place also, that would be great. Because the thing is that I, I've been thinking about it and I have decided, I've made up my mind, um, that I probably would not have made a different decision. Whether I will um, change careers at some point in my life is another question. But I am glad that I work in the media, despite the fact that we're not even a category in this survey. I, I guess we're in the communication. We were in the in the larger, uh, you know, thing that they did, but also nothing very heartening to read about, lah. Yeah, um, but I think that there is something to be said about. Um, about how much money impacts job happiness as well, because we are getting messages and voice notes that talk about the experience of the job, not just how much you earn. And I, I did briefly try to have a dalliance uh, outside of the media to try and do something different. And I earned more, but I was really unhappy and I was incredibly bored. And so I think that that counts for something. Like Roberto earlier saying that um, he was basically, he continued doing the thing he wanted to do because of passion. And I think that is a reality for many people. Um, let's start with a voice note. We have this from Suren. I'm a pharmacy technician at a government hospital. I got a scholarship and I got job security and all that. I'm happy with that. But the job is mind-numbing and mundane and preparative. So it doesn't really challenge you intellectually or creatively. I got offered lab technology and physiotherapy when I got offered this same job and uh, my wife is a physiotherapist and her job is so much fun, so much more fun than mine. If I had an option, I would have picked that. However, I was lucky enough to turn my passion into a business, which is photography, so that kind of scratches the creativity itch. So best of both worlds, perhaps. <laughs> I think it's always important to um, be able to do at least a little bit of something you're passionate about. Oh my God, I believe so strongly in hobbies that if we got started, we would just be here <laughs> till um, Monday. You'd come back and we'd still be talking about, well, I would still be talking about it, Sharmila will have left. Um, <laughs> but I think that this point about creativity is really interesting, partly because my sister does occupational therapy. We've had her on uh, the show every once in a while and um, or across the station and when I talk to her about what she does and the difference in the kind of thinking that you have to do in order to do something well for her, it's creative, but it is a different sort of creativity than, uh, for example, I, I don't know, putting together a documentary. I also wonder whether they're just... So, you know, when you talk about a job being mind-numbing or, or routine, whether... For some people, what they make is worth that. And whether for some people, in fact, that's okay. That um, the payoff is that you perhaps get more time or more money. And all of those um, really just might depend on the kind of person you are. Speaking of healthcare, um, we have Ting who says, healthcare is what I work in. The only return I can hope for is a ticket to heaven. And in fact, I might just get a voucher on that. Oh, dear Ting. You know, 
Firstly, um, I think people who work in healthcare do hugely important work. Um, I do think that some of this, right, has to do with that notion of... um, you're doing something that's a vocation and it's good for people and it's good for society. You shouldn't be thinking about money. It's higher than that. And I think that's actually a fundamental, like you, you get this said about teachers as well. Yeah. Um, and I actually think that that's, that's a pretty unfair way to look at how we reward the people who provide us with such important services. Look, if we're not caring for the people who take care of us, what does that say, right? It doesn't really make sense. If, if you're not paying doctors and nurses and everyone else who makes up the healthcare infrastructure, then what are you saying about how you think about society? Um, And the same goes for teachers, but I could rant again, but this is where we are right now. Sabrina, though, says, my mother told me this. Remember, in times of war, food will go to the soldiers and the medics. So I became a doctor and my son and daughter are in the military and air force. Not highly paid, but secure, especially during COVID-19 and in the post-COVID era. So the secure job, right? Um, and, And this is so much more of a of a focus, I believe, in the previous generations, my parents and, and my grandparents even more so, the idea that you may not have to earn as earn so much, but the idea of security and the pension was really important. It was. Um, and I, I think in many ways, Sabrina, you're actually extending that into how in times of turmoil. Yes. So it's not just secure even in good times. It, it will be secure even in bad We have Wendy saying, I changed careers three times. Although I think we should be paid more as we nurture young minds and hearts, I'm relatively satisfied. However, if I knew what I know now, I may have stayed with my first career choice in publishing. More money and perhaps more travel, uh, mainly for future-proofing healthcare and ageing bills. Wendy, um, I... Okay, how do I say this? I hear you. I I also, when I was younger, wanted to go into publishing. I don't know if you would have gotten more money and more travel. (laughs) But I think that's at which point you joined the industry. Right now, I'm also not sure. Yes, so this is what I mean, right? That um, it goes all the way back to our earlier point about how you imagine the trajectory of a career and the industry. Because again, it's how it's sold. If it's sold to you as, um, you know, a a relatively glamorous job or as a high paying job, if you think magazine editors, for example, um, and the stereotypical image of what they would look like, that's one thing. But the reality is that we've seen so many titles shutter. Uh, We've seen publishing houses, you know, go under. So, it, you cannot anticipate these things. Well, it depends my, my where in message. publishing though, Wendy, if you want to come yes. back and maybe you're talking about like a medical journal or university publishing, perhaps there's still uh, lots of moolah to be made there. I'm not sure. I wanted to read this from Rain because I thought it was interesting. So Rain says, the engineers are not tuning in to you guys because they're probably working overtime to supplement their criminally low salary. We should pay our engineers much better in Malaysia. Now, the reason I read that, Rain, not to... Um, push back at you. I don't work in the industry. I don't know. Um, but in fact, in the report, engineers are ranked quite high in terms of what they make. Um, and by and large, also, I think conventionally, people tend to assume that engineering is one of those fields that pays very well. Uh, yeah, okay. But but is we heard earlier a voice note from Kelly, I believe, who's working in a creative uh, agency and said, I don't think it's worthwhile in comparison to the workload. Yes. And it might be that, right? Because mm. you might be on the higher end of the earning scale. But if it comes with um, such a huge demand on your time or um, 
or just on your workload, you might feel underpaid. And, and I think that's true of a lot of people. I was also thinking maybe it depends also which level you're at, right? That perhaps at an entry level or, um, you know, mid-level, you're maybe not making as much. That would warrant that kind of effort and time that people put into it. Do keep your thoughts coming. We will be back after this. Um, let us know, are you happy with the salary in your industry? And if you'd known what the salary would be, would you have made a different decision? You can call double seven double three two nine hundred, send a voice note or WhatsApp 18 Tweet us at BFM Radio. I have a dream. Be firmly motivated. BFM 89.9. It is 6.52. You're listening to Inside Story with Sharmila and Lynn. And we've been talking about uh, salaries across industries and whether we're all happy with what we make. Uh, send your thoughts through. Are you happy with the salary in your industry? And if you'd known what it would be, would you have made a different decision? You can call double seven double three two nine hundred, send a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. Um, we do have a voice note that's come in. Uh, this is from an anonymous listener. Hi BFM, I'm working uh, in a cybersecurity company uh, for almost three years and still uh, having a salary of 4,500 ringgit per month. Um, that's basic pay. Um, Benefit-wise, allowance-wise is quite standard. Um, but if you ask me whether do I enjoy working here, um, the workload is is very high. I don't enjoy working here. And also, if I'm not very satisfied with my salary, because you get getting headlines of uh, cybersecurity, um, employees get very high salary, but in the end, we still here getting a very average, below average salary, in my opinion. Anon, thank you for that and thank you for sharing. Um, this is so interesting to me because you're right. Um, I think the general assumption is that because of how big the field of cybersecurity has become and how important, the assumption is that, oh, you must be making a lot of money. Well, yeah, and then you get surveys that come out and say that the cybersecurity field is the, the highest increase in mm. median salary because that's what the survey found. And they did put it down to very specific things, saying that it's the growth of um, technology, the fact that the com country as a whole is pushing towards um, IR 4.0 and things like that, and that's why companies are hiring so much. But Anon, um, firstly, I, I'm curious whether there is... Uh, what the structure is I, I don't know I don't know why I want to become a kind of consultant for this but I'm curious what the structure is in your company to talk about increase because that's actually another part of this conversation right if we're going to talk about salaries if we're going to talk about how much people earn then we also probably need to start talking about how much structure there is how much room there is for people to talk about increasing their salaries do you know when your next increase is going to be um, is it something that you can talk about or is it just a standard five percent and then you you just have to live with that for a while Mm. So uh, that's one thing I'm quite curious about. The other thing is um, they did acknowledge in the survey also that it really depends on which level you're at, mm -hmm. that salary and, and, and that increase. 
We have, uh, let's see, uh, Maha saying, I became a science communicator by accident and I'm enjoying every bit of it. Founded the first science newspaper in Malaysia. Struggled to sustain it. Enjoying the challenges and the impact I'm creating. I'm trained in microbiology, biochemistry and biotechnology. The newspaper is the Petri dish. Lucky me. I followed my passion and money came later. I work for a non-profit and I might be making more in a corporate sector, but my satisfaction comes first. And then Maha went on to say, sorry, fragmented messages as I'm typing at every traffic light. Maha, drive safe. <laughs> Please drive safe. Um, thank you so much for that perspective. Um, I think that it's actually a, a really good it's really good to hear that there is the possibility of uh, starting with passion and eventually being able to to get to the point where you're making money you're happy with. So yeah. This one's interesting. And an, another anonymous listener saying, Hi, as a dental sales rep, in um, it's underpaid for most of us, except for job jumpers. And you know, this I find interesting because you hear this across industries, that the only way to get a proper pay raise is to jump jobs. Yes. I, I, don't, <laughs> I don't know how to... I don't know how to respond to that. I think that this is one of those sad truths. It is, um, and, and it's also it's also kind of it's a, it's why you lose good employees. No, if companies um, don't pay people for the work they do, good work that they do, then they're going to leave because if that's the only way they can get more, and if they think they're worth more. Uh, just briefly, a couple of messages that um, I are kind of closing the loops on some things because CK says, I feel like it's kind of a luxury to compare between passion and salary. Please bear in mind that out there you find a lot of jobs which provide pretty low salaries, comes with workloads that you have to do OT just to finish all of that stuff without actually getting paid any OT. And CK, I agree with you. I, I think that we've been trying as we do the show to continually acknowledge that a lot of what we're talking about today comes with a certain measure of privilege, right? That's just kind of a fact that if you can talk about, ooh, um, choosing careers based on passion, that it often comes with with some of that. Um, we also have Ro who says, we have mostly unhealthy snacks in the office, but on occasion when we do have better for you treats, the salary is pretty good. <laughs> well, I hope you don't get paid in salary, Ro, because that would be very sad. So firstly, Thank you for that wordplay. We appreciate. <laughs> um, the other thing is, and this is just an aside, but I feel it strongly. I don't get the celery, peanut butter, ants on a log hype. I don't think that that is the way you snack <laughs> Did on not celery. I think that's where you were going. I thought you were going to go with some places don't pay you as much as others, but they have great food and that might make up for it. Oh, sure. I mean, that, that's, a, that, that's, <laughs> that's true. That's the same and... conversation. But no, ants on a log is the one we want to talk about. I'm just saying that if you're going to say the celery is pretty good, that we need to talk about what we're dipping it into. That's all I'm saying, Ro. It is an incomplete conversation that we're having. No, I also don't get the hype around um, celery, peanut butter and all. Um, this one, actually, uh, ZY is chiming in on the criminally low pay of engineers. Uh, and thank you for that. Um, so ZY says, machinists make up most of the engineering manufacturing in Malaysia. As they are considered a technician, even though they're required to do an engineer's job, they're not paid well without OT. And yes, they're all doing OT now. Man, uh, we haven't even begun to talk about OT and, and the lack thereof in many, many professions. Um, let's see. I think we have time for Anon uh, because they're responding to the point earlier about civil servants and they're saying, no, I don't think civil servants, especially at middle management, um, 
to senior management are being fairly compensated. The hours we put in, including weekends, doesn't get us overtime or even performance bonus. Years ago, the civil service remuneration was quite competitive, not anymore. And I've heard this uh, expressed by a lot of people who are civil servants, actually. Like I said, um, we'll come back for this, but I think that there is a, a significant conversation mm-hmm. to be had on the subject of benefits or on extras or allowances or perks, which we haven't <laughs> even started to talk about. Keep your thoughts coming. Are you happy with the salary in your industry? And if you'd known what the salary would be, would you have made a different decision? You can call double seven double three two nine hundred, send us a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. Be financially minded. BFM 89.9. It is 7.07. You're listening to Inside Story with Sharmila and Lynn. And uh, we are talking about the Job Street 2023 salary report, which um, compares salaries across different industries, highlighting where there have been drops and uh, what is uh, increasing. Um, and so we've been asking you, as we said, if you, um, we've been asking you whether you're happy with your salary, first of all, um, and if you'd known what the salary would be in your industry, would you have made a different decision? You can call double seven double three two nine hundred, send us a voice note or WhatsApp zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine, tweet us at BFM Radio. Uh, let's start with. Uh, let's start with actually a follow-up to a voice note that came in a little bit earlier because we heard from somebody who uh, was working and earning, I think, 4.5 at the moment and sort of not um, not not very satisfied with that salary. So um, they're, they're back to say... Just to add on, um, I'm a senior cybersecurity engineer. My job nature is as a pen tester, uh, managing different clients and projects in a short amount of time. My company doesn't give us any expected date. Everything is marked as subject to management decision. And this was in relation to whether or not you have um, that room to negotiate or talk about salaries. Uh, Will I change my working industry? Um, no. Change a new working environment? Yes. I love penetration testing. I love learning new skills, technologies and ways of doing the hacking. But the current work environment uh, consists of multiple projects and tight deadlines causing me to hate penetration tests because I can't enjoy and learn new stuff during that time, which also makes the work quality drop because of these rush deadlines. That actually highlights so much of um what the the pressures are, right, in this sort of environment and why actually, um, why you can't so neatly tie something like how much you're being paid, how many hours do you work? But there's so many multiple threads that actually impact whether a person feels happy being paid that much for that job. Yes, totally. Because it's so key to say happy being paid Mm. because you can be happy. Um, But are you satisfied with what you're making based on the amount of work that you're doing? Well, um, Kit White says, I'm happy with my salary. I absolutely love my job, what I'm doing, our products and service. Sure, there are lots of challenges, but which job is without challenges? I could probably command a higher salary elsewhere, but the balance of both tangible and intangible is not easily uh, is not necessarily easy to achieve. Kinwai, I don't think it is. I, I really believe this, that those of us who can say that this is this is something that we have achieved we're in a minority and I feel grateful for it a lot actually because you hear so often from people who aren't. We do have a voice note that's come in. This is from uh, another anonymous listener. Um, So I wanted to share, I started off in the field of um, education. I think at that point of time, 
it was very traditional mindset was that uh, okay you either go to become a medicine uh, sorry you either become a you know study medicine to become a doctor or pharmacist and then engineering or education or lawyer so um, no special reason actually so I went into education and um, got my degree and surprisingly I mean academically I did quite well um, but I was lucky enough upon graduating uh, for some reason I was lucky enough that I was offered a job um, in the space of education technology and basically my career from then on um, is is within that scope uh, I'm still in education technology but in a different dimension in a different industry even though within the same role um, and all I can say is that I'm so happy that I did not follow the norm uh, and I did not listen to people telling me that you studied this, you should have gone this certain pathway, you know, the, the sort of recipe to success in this particular role. Um, and I'm very happy that I went with my instinct, I went with my guts and um, I went in with the mindset that I'm here to see what makes me happy. Of course, along the way, uh, I would say salary-wise, at the moment, I think uh, quite comfortable, but can be better. Um, but I don't feel too bad about it because I am in an organization that's empowering people to try different things, to always do something new, so I can safely say that I am never bored. Um, and I think that that sorts of makes me feel, you know, look forward to, to go to work every day. Anand, thank you so much for that. It's lovely to hear from people who are not just happy in the job they do, but continuously find new reasons why they're happy to be there. That's great. This is also a good example of something that a survey simply cannot account for yes. because uh, what we were talking about, no shade to the survey, it's a quantitative survey, it's not a qualitative survey, right? So it, it's really looking at numbers and, and looking at broad trends. But what you are talking about, Anon, uh, intangible things that it's very hard to account for. Whether you feel empowered, whether you feel like it's an organization you want to grow with, these are things that can compensate for a lower salary. Although I will also say that not everybody's values are like that, right? Because for some people, it actually doesn't matter how good the organization is if they're not getting enough money to buy, for example, their dream home. Yes, for sure. And, and you know, I, I think these are trade-offs that are obviously not easy for people to make. It's why earlier I also said um, it might have a lot to do with the kind of person you are and what is important. Um, I know friends for whom being passionate about work is really not that big a deal. For them, it's a job. They go in, they come out and it facilitates the life that they want to lead. And I think that's perfectly OK. Um, actually, the engineering thread is something that a, a lot of people are weighing in on. Let's start with uh, Sid, who sent in a voice note. Talking about, hello BFM, talking about salaries, I used to work as a manufacturing engineer uh, uh, for five years, but I did not get much increment in, over the span of five years. So I, I, I wanted to, I wanted to, you know, jump to go to another company, which was in my field as well, manufacturing. But, and then, then I realized there's not much of a bump of uh, pay, of the salary. So it's around 5% of pay, even though I was, five years in experience in the same industry. Then I uh, got myself a career coach. The career coach told me 
something something really really st- really really stuck on to me until now uh he said malaysia is not an engineering company we have over supply of engineers okay that with that that statement that he said made me change change the entire industry i'm i'm in sales now and uh, i'm currently earning more in sales no commissions by the way but i'm earning more even though i have like little to none sales experience my previous sales experience was uh, was sales promoter during my you know semester breaks Sid, thank you for that. Um, I think that actually is pretty uh, a pretty clear-eyed view of what to expect. Yeah, but it's also, uh, Sid, you're the only person I think we've had today who has outright made a career change based on salary. Mm-hmm. Yes, who has outright said that this trajectory is not for me and I need to make a change. Um, the sales actually is also. I think that's one of the jobs or the. position that has the most ads for it mm-hmm. um according to the job street survey so clearly you know something that's always in demand rowan says i joined the energy sector with an engineering degree everyone told me you'll be earning big bucks but the reality is the sector is so huge it really depends on which segment you join The consultancy firm I worked at sells man hours, so we paid peanuts. But the company infrastructure was good. The community was nurturing. My colleagues were my second family, and I enjoy my job. So for a long time, I could live around the salary. But in recent years, the disparity became too big to in- ignore. So I had to make a move. I don't regret my career choice. I'm doing the same job in a different entity. So hopefully, there will be reforms at the old workplace, and I can return. I hope so too. Um, it's it's always good to see that at least some change is being made. Zy is back uh, to say on that point about a lot of the engineers in Malaysia um, working in lower levels or being technicians. Uh, they're usually less educated, not categorized anywhere on surveys, and so they wouldn't be contributing to the survey figure of engineers. Hence, the high pay of the few educated engineers. Again, um, really. Really, always glad to hear the more nuanced points from people who live within the industry, as opposed to what you can get from an overview. Keep your thoughts coming. Are you happy with the salary in your industry? And if you'd known what the salary would be, would you have made a different decision? You can call us. You can send us a voice note. You can WhatsApp us. You can tweet us. Bring forth Mula BFM eighty nine point nine. It is seven eighteen. You're listening to Inside Story with Sharmila and Lynn, and uh, we are talking about whether are you happy with the salary in your industry, and if you'd known what the salary would be, would you have made a different decision? Uh, keep your thoughts coming. You can call double seven double three two nine hundred, send us a voice note or WhatsApp zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine. Tweet us at BFM Radio. We still have plenty of messages on this. The Zapper says, if Malaysians want everything cheap, then they have to deal with their low salaries. If they are scared to organise, then let them live with two thousand ringgit per month until they are fifty with no pension. Everyone complains about low salaries, but nobody wants to do anything about it. I am fed up. We talk and talk, but nothing is done. You want higher salaries? Get rid of get rid of the dinosaurs who are there to makan five figure monthly salaries. And why does BFM not talk about collective bargaining? Studies have shown that workers who are union members are paid better and have more job security. Than those without. Can we please have more radio talk about this? It is an issue that is blowing up in the US among auto workers. So, um, the Zappa, I, I think, firstly, to your point about if Malaysians want everything cheap, then they have to deal with their low salaries. I, I, 
That's a harsh truth. I, I don't think it's untrue. Um, but I also think that there are systemic reasons as to why people feel the way they feel or why it is that people live the way they live, right? Um, I, I think your reference to the US and unionization is interesting because there are some countries in which the union is stronger. But I do agree with you absolutely that if we had stronger unionization and more openness to collective bargaining, that we would, as a whole, um, be better. And that's something that we will explore. You may also enjoy the previous shows that we've done on this. Uh, so most recently, there's Collective Struggle, Solidarity Forever. If you look that up on our site as well as Spotify, you should be able to find that. We've also interviewed... Um, a number of unions over the years um, and also talked about Malaysia moving towards a welfare state, uh, talked about universal basic income. So there are shows that you can listen to while we put together <laughs> um, our next kind of program on collective bargaining. So a number of interesting opinions coming through. So Ray says, I'm not very happy with my pay, but I settled with it to gain as much knowledge as I can. That was the trade-off that I settled for five, uh, for five years now. No regrets. But I also promised myself that this will be the last year that I compromise salary for knowledge. My next jump, I need to prioritize salary first. You know, Ray, I completely get making those types of choices. And I think the whole, this is for a, a period of time because I have other priorities, Maybe right now I can afford to compromise on salary, but later I will start prioritizing that. I think that makes so much sense. I would add on that uh, if we learn from our cybersecurity anonymous listener that perhaps uh, the other thing to consider when you make the jump for salary is to ask. Uh, it's something I'm thinking about because I, I didn't realize that this was such a big problem. Um, but to actually ask the company, how often do conversations about salary happen? Right. Is it a yearly thing? Mm. Is it a um, is it a is it a half a year thing or who brings it up? What is what is the structure? Because clearly you can jump for a better salary and then get stuck as well. We have more thoughts on engineering coming in. Uh, this is a voice note from Kinwai. Hey, uh, listening to so many comments about engineer, I'd like to add on to my comment earlier that I sent. I, I was actually an engineering uh, graduate. I worked as an engineer in Intel for about three years. And yeah, the salary bump uh, wasn't that great. So I decided to uh, change to sales, uh, similar to Seed. And uh, many years passed, about 10 years in experience in sales. Now I moved to my current job, which also sales, but by luck on the other, it actually requires some of my engineering knowledge as well. So now I'm really combining the best of both worlds of my knowledge in engineering plus uh, my experience in sales. So yeah, I think uh, being able to culminate both of these worlds together is what uh, made me felt valued by my company and result in me loving my job so much. Yeah, I think that's it. Kinwai, thank you for that. You know, I must say, um, we've heard a number of interesting experiences so far. I, I really, I think I really enjoy hearing the journey that people have taken to their current jobs. Maybe we should have uh, rephrased the question because we're asking you whether you would have made a different choice. But the truth is, of course, that Again, quite a privileged position if you have a buffer. Um, the truth is that, of course, career changes can happen at any point, right? Um, which is what, Kinwai, I think you're exemplifying. Sophia says, 
Money matters, security matters, fulfillment matters. My ideal job would have all three. One that pays me to be a T20, does not get me fired by incompetent or toxic bosses and lets my creativity shine. But do you know what is an added requirement for me? Good colleagues who are proud of their craft, especially those in the creative line. Okay, and then here, Sophia kind of sets things on fire. Um, Saying, so sorry, but most of the Gen Zs I've met do not fall in this group. Where is the drive? How can you solve climate change if you cannot even show up at work? Learn from the millennials and Gen X how to truly make a difference. Sorry about the reductionism, but I'm trying my best in limited airtime. Ah, Sophia, starting a controversy six minutes, five minutes before we have to end the show. What is this? Well, this is every day (laughs) on the evening edition. Um, I I think that I'm not going to comment as a millennial, I'm not going to comment on other generations, but I think that uh, good colleagues who are proud of their craft, going back to um, what additional things make a workplace worth staying at alongside the salary, it's a huge one. We've, we've had this, we've heard this actually multiple times today. I am also not going to comment on other generations. I will say, though, that perhaps it is important for companies to figure out more intergenerational, like what's the word? Um, Management should account for how there are actually differences in approach to work in different generations and how to create an environment where everyone can, if not always like each other, at least work together effectively. So many anonymous listeners today. I think most of them are different. <laughs> but um, <laughs> and not I'm one saying, person is constantly talking about different jobs. Well, the thing is, I understand why everyone wants to remain anonymous. We are talking money. We're talking specifics. Um, but Anon says, I have no complaints about the job I was supposed to be handling, which is ensuring that our customers pay their bills on time. But I find that I am actually babysitting a team of execs who either do not seem to know the job or do not want to conscientiously carry out their duties. So I'm uncertain whether I should have added pay for the babysitting portfolio. So, Anon, I find this very interesting. So we don't work in the same industry, but one of the complaints I've heard both in the media and in a lot of other, I suppose, skills-based jobs or jobs that rely on you using uh, skills that you've amassed over the years is that there's no accounting, there's no time or accommodation or pay given for the kind of training you're doing. So you're doing your job, you're doing the job you've, you've been hired to do, and then the training is just something that you do that isn't factored into as work. And I think that can actually be frustrating. Yeah, but this is also about interpersonal stuff, right? That whether or not you can account for whether the people you're going to work with are competent. And frankly, yes. you, you don't know until you get there because the training here is not just about training to do the job. The training here is suddenly rocking up and realizing, oh, I see. Um, actually, I'm going to be working so much more because people don't know what they're doing. Mm. And, and whether that falls on you then to pick up the slack or not. Um, I think we have time for a couple more. Uh, Ken says, I left the industry, started my own gig, failed, went back to the industry. Living frugally in between made me less materialistic and not just chase the bucks. The chase for materiality never ends unless we decide to. At some point, there are more important things in life, especially to those with salaries way above minimum wage. Mm. Ken, um, I, I think that what I what I think is really interesting about your point is that it's about breaking the breaking the system even in your own head, right? It, it's actually saying to yourself that oh, um, maybe this isn't what I want to do. But mm. the only way to get there was to have done something well, not extreme, but um, done something that was actually a big, big change. In other words, deciding to drop it and going off and doing your own thing. I also think that um, Ken's message points to. Uh, 
many of us needing to perhaps decide what is the least that you're able to live with and then build from there, which I think sometimes we can forget to do. Um, I'm not saying that's what we have to make, but I'm saying that knowing that for yourself can make you feel a little safer. Sharmila, you're going to make the choice for everybody. Do we end on a high or a low? High, I think. Okay. So um, Anonymous says, as a startup founder, we hardly even pay ourselves at the beginning for many years. We're driven by just dreams, passion and purpose. The effort did pay off in the end and I'm living comfortably now. But regardless of the outcome, I would do it all over again because the experience of making an impact to society outweighs monetary gain. That is quite a nice high to end on, isn't it? Um, and, 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 you know, to be fair, despite this being a very financially driven conversation, a lot of people have been talking about happiness and satisfaction, which I really think is the other side of the coin. Anyway, that's all the time we have for today. Are you happy with the salary in your industry? And if you'd known what the salary would be, would you have made a different decision? You can call double seven double three two nine hundred, send us a voice note or WhatsApp zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine. Tweet us at BFM Radio. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM eighty nine point nine, the Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.